As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome. The Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays, and joining me for a very special reaction episode today is my good buddy Mike Sando. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Robert. We actually scheduled this right after the trade of the 49ers made, and then there was another big trade between the I mean, what 20 minute period? I mean, I'm. I don't even know if it was 20 minutes. This <laughs> yeah. is fantastic. This is the exact type of reason that I love this job. Reacting to this sort of stuff is the most fun we ever yeah. have in this business. And who knows what's going to happen in the 20 minutes that we're recording this podcast? So it is currently 12:51 Central Standard Time on Friday. Yeah. The Dolphins traded with the Niners with the third and 12th picks. If we get any of these details wrong, I apologize. There's a lot of numbers and picks flying around here. But what we know as of right now, the Miami Dolphins have moved back from three to 12, and the Niners have moved up from 12 to three. And to do that, the Niners gave up two future first-round picks in 2022 and 2023 and a third-round pick to make that move. The Dolphins then moved from 12 up to six, And traded away one of those future first-round picks to the Eagles, who moved back from 6 to 12. So that is what we currently know. I hope all of those details are right. Where do you want to start with this, Mike Sando? Let's start with the first one, which was San Francisco moving up, obviously with a deal with Miami. But but for San Francisco, this whole offseason has been... Look, they've moved on mentally from Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you get the pushback. Look, Garoppolo isn't going to – they'd be fine with Garoppolo. And I've always sort of said – They keep trying to sell that, by the way. They're they're still trying to sell that right now. And I think they would be if nothing else they could do worked out. They might go with him. But now all sorts of things come into play. Garoppolo could be in New England, right, or somewhere else. But the 49ers' intentions now – let's start with that. The 49ers have the third pick in the draft for right now. What are their options? And – I see a few, and I, I mean, I see Deshaun Watson too in play for this. So I think there's a lot of things that could happen. Let's start there. The Niners always made sense to me as a team that could make this sort of move. If you were looking at the chessboard and the way it was aligned, first of all, I always thought Miami was a candidate to trade out there. When you're looking at the quarterbacks available in this draft, if you are sold on Tua, 
it makes all the sense in the world to trade that pick and stockpile more picks. We'll get to Miami's thinking in a second. But I always thought the Niners were a logical trade partner with one of these teams in the top 10. If you look at the roster they've built, the timeline that they're potentially on, how frustrating it's had to be for the last couple years for that brass and Shanahan to deal with the quarterback injuries, and even when healthy, the quarterback inconsistencies that have come with Jimmy Garoppolo, you can understand why they were motivated to do this. And three, they're just ready. They're, their roster is ready. They have the type of team that with the right quarterback, I think could do this. They have some holes. You know, they're not as complete as they were two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl on defense, but I still think the roster is set up to the point that they were a logical team to make this sort of aggressive move. So from both the Dolphins' perspective and the Niners' perspective, this makes sense to me. I understand why both teams would feel this is a mutually beneficial move for each of them. Yes, also in a division where uh, the Rams made a move for Matthew Stafford, and we can debate whether or not Stafford's this much better than Goff, but if you're Jed York and the owner of the 49ers, you're you're watching this world in this division, you're going, shoot, we know Seattle has Wilson and is probably going to have him this year. Uh, Kyler Murray's come in in Arizona, and we'll see what he's going to become. But he gives them upside, and he's going. Where's our upside? Our guy can't even stay on the field. So maybe there's a, a sense of you know we need to do something. You got to move boldly. They were they had the top three pick uh, in 2017 and screwed it up. Took Solomon Thomas. Could have had Deshaun Watson. Could have had Patrick Mahomes. Um, probably happy they didn't have get Mitch Trubisky. But they've had their chance to swing on Thanks. a quarterback and didn't do it. So now they're doing it, and. I like the fact that they're doing it. I mean, I think you got to get better at that position. This is the class to do it in. This is the year. This is the time. They gave up a lot, but if they find their guy, they're never going to think about this again. That's the problem of going from 12 to 3 and not going from 25 to 10 like the Texans and the Chiefs did to go get Watson and Mahomes in 2017. Instead of one future first-round pick, it's two. It's a big, big price to pay. But if Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Zach Wilson – and I don't want to speculate as to which it is. I don't know enough about the quarterbacks to think about how they would fit into Shanahan's offense. Whoever it ends up being, if one of those guys hits, you will never think about those two first-round picks ever again. And I think that has to be their mindset going into this. Now, you did not get excited when I mentioned the possibility of Watson, and I can understand why. I mean, I think obviously he has other stuff going on, but he may not in the future. I mean, that situation could clear up for all any of us knows. And then uh, yet, I think... I don't know that he's the ideal, you know, Shanahan guy that he's always wanted for his offense. But does that pique your interest at all? That if the heck the Texans could get their own pick back, does that does that intrigue you at all? If they if they end up thinking that Watson's just not going to be there and they want to move on, sure, I think that that makes sense. Um, the only downside to that would be now you're in a position to draft a quarterback. The when they weren't when they were at twelve. Watson might have been their only avenue with that 12th overall pick. You'd be willing to take on his contract, which I know is reasonable considering his talent. But now you have a chance to draft a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract and really kind of start that clock and get the financial benefits that come with that, everything else. For the, one of the reasons I thought Watson made sense for them is because they weren't in range to get one of these guys. Now that they've made the move to be in range to get one of these guys, I think it has to change the thinking a little bit, at least should. And it's part of the reason that you know, for all the kind of smoke screening they've done here in the last hour about how Jimmy is our guy, which has been you know tweeted by multiple different sources associated with the Niners, it still feels like them carrying him at $26 million 
with the other expensive guys they have on the roster and how they want to build, that's probably not going to happen. And I think that even though Watson is a significant upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, it's still that veteran quarterback contract that you don't have to carry if you really like one of these guys, whether it's Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or we know Kyle Shanahan is a guy who likes Kirk Cousins a lot. I mean, his taste of quarterbacks may be a little bit different than ours. Does that mean somebody who is a quick decision maker, quick trigger man that is just a pocket passer like Mac Jones is somebody that they like. That is something that remains to be seen. No matter who the quarterback is, though, we know he will be coming a lot cheaper than Deshaun Watson would be for the next three or four years. Yep, and I just was looking over here at my other screen. So basically, if you were to trade for Deshaun Watson, you're basically just getting the base salaries. And I'm looking to see if there's a ton of bonuses. It looks like it might be about a five-year, $125 million. This would be, be about what you're getting him for, which, oh, okay, that's what they got Jimmy for. It's an equal slot. Yeah. So I think a lot of things would have to happen for that to happen, and I'm not predicting it, but it was just something that came to my mind as everybody focuses on the draft. So, But I think we agree that you're doing this to get a quarterback that's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And and by saying you like Jimmy, that's fine. Maybe you can get more for him you know, as you try to move him. But there's no way they could really count on, bank on Jimmy um, as their starter because he misses so many games. And when the rest of the roster is this ready, I think that's why you want somebody else. You want certainty. You want somebody you can rely on, both from a talent perspective and from an availability perspective. Is there a market for Jimmy Garoppolo right now? I think that's part of the problem with what they could get for him is that a lot of these seats are filled. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. And I was having this discussion with somebody on a team earlier today, like if you're New England right now and you've got uh, Cam Newton, who, you know, let's face it, isn't isn't great at this stage, but you've got him for almost nothing. And uh, are you really looking to add Jimmy Garoppolo under his current contract? Maybe you do an extension with him. I, I think we can't take for granted that just because he was in New England, uh, and by the way, they were willing to get rid of him, that they'd just be clamoring to get him. But it would make a lot of sense to me. He's been there. They're familiar with him. They have other cheap options if they were to need him. But would you give up if you were in England? Would you give up a what round pick? You'd have to give up lower than the second you you got. Well, I before, think there's right? a zero percent chance if a team trades for him, he plays on his current deal. Yeah, it would it's have twenty four million dollar base salary that would get renegotiated. I would assume, but it's also why I wouldn't be surprised if the end result of this is just him getting released because doesn't he have a no trade clause as well? Yeah, and he exactly, and he doesn't have to play along with the next team. He can decide to take his chances. You know, I think you're right though that the the market. There's there's only so many teams, right? And other teams that have had chances or needed quarterbacks weren't sitting there waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, no one's been talking about, oh, Garoppolo could be available. So I think there's a market, but it's probably not a robust market. If you're playing in the Garoppolo sandbox, I think you'd almost rather be in the Dalton one for half the price or oh, James yeah. Winston or whoever these teams are. And I think that's an interesting just overall a theoretical conversation we can have about the mid-tier quarterback contracts and which kind of guys you're chasing, yeah. but I just don't yeah. think Jimmy Garoppolo at $24 million is fungible for anyone. That includes the Niners, and that's part of what must yep. have motivated this thinking. Yep, I agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So if you go to Miami's side of this, I think it makes all the sense in the world. If you just want to accumulate picks and you feel like, so let's say from the three to 12, the three to 12 even made sense to me because if you look at how this might fall, right? We assume that quarterbacks will go with the top three picks, especially now. I think that there's a world where quarterbacks go with the top four picks, whether that's Atlanta picking a quarterback or another team saying, if they're not going to pick one, that pick is available to us. That is, we can go get that. That is, we can get our guy. We can make sure we get the fourth one. Whether that's Carolina, Denver, we'll get to those teams in a second. And then you have, who would you want? The tackles, maybe Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, the guys that are up there, a position that is deeper in this class than it typically would be in others. Or the pass catchers, you know, can you get, if you want Devontae Smith, that's who you really wanted. He might be available at 12 the same way he was at three. Now you were able to add two first round picks. Yep. That thinking lasted about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they were able to get back get back to six. I mean. It was thinking that I, I, I totally, I, it made sense to me. It tracked in my mind. It lasted for 10 minutes. And now they move back up to six. But even that, let's, let's, start, let's kind of interrogate that thinking a little bit. Now, if we assume there are quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. Now it's a two-man race from, and with five and six. Did they love two players that were in the non-quarterback tier? And said, if we come away with either one of those guys, that's what we want out of this. Because if that's the case, then what they essentially did was move from three to six for a future first round pick and a future third round pick, which if you look at the other trades for that exact movement in recent years, the one I have in mind is the Colts from three to six. If you look at the trade value associated with the two second round picks the Colts got and a mid-tier first round pick and a third, it's pretty much the same. So I think if you're Miami, that's still a really good move to go back from three to yep. six and pick up those picks. Yeah, and there and Rob, there may be four guys they're happy with. You know, if sure. you're if you're in a draft that's going to have quarterbacks go maybe one, two, three, or or whatever, four. You know, you're going to have you're basically if you're out of that market, then 
then the the sixth pick is the second pick in the draft or whatever, right? Exactly. To you, for all intents and purposes. And look, I'm not sold on Tua being necessarily better than these guys, but they're in this predicament, right? They just took them. They're not going to move on from them after one year. They're hopeful and they're not willing to tear that up and go in a new direction with a new quarterback. So I think it makes perfect sense to be where they're at. They're still going to get, they're going to get a top three non-quarterback in the draft. Well, that's what they were going to be in that range anyway. So exactly. I'm with them on it. I, I think, and if you look at what they've turned I think Adam Schefter tweeted this, like what they turned Laramie Tunsil into. It's basically like, is it four first round picks? Something like it's that. It's insane. And- I mean, it's, this is, I, if I were trying to rebuild the team, they have handled it in the exact way that I think that you should handle it. And you know, we can say anything we want about you know, that third overall pick is only there because the Texans were bad and everything else. This is why you trade for future first round picks. Did we think the Texans would be this bad with Deshaun Watson? Absolutely not. But by giving yourself yeah. this chance by this line of thinking and this system of operations, this is the potential outcome. Even if it's not the most likely, it's always on the table. I mean, that's, that is the thing. And that's why I think that you have to commend what they've done, even if they got a couple lucky breaks along the way. Yeah, I, I think that the distinction is they didn't give up a great player. That was, that was the thing. So like mm-hmm. when, when giving up Laramie Tunsil, he's a good player. He's a good player, but he's not... Like to me, I would still rather have Jalen Ramsey than the two first round picks, even if one of them happened to be higher. I would, I would still do that. I still like the uh, the known elite player to me, who's young, um, is worth more than the two first round picks to me. But in the case of Laramie Tunsil, he's not Jalen Ramsey to me. He's he's good. It's a good player, good starter. So they came out the best possible case scenario out of that, and didn't give up a great player. What's interesting to me is, let's say Tua is a fine year this year to the point where we'll give him a, a third year. Now in 2023, you have another first round pick. You have two again. Now you have ammunition. If you feel like you need to in 2023, go get your guy in that class. You can. That's the entire point of this. The yep. entire point of accumulating this asset, these assets is flexibility. It's, it's not painting yourself into a corner with the way that you have to build your team or the way that you have to plan at certain positions. It's giving yourself the options to move in whatever direction you want to. That's why draft picks and cap space and all of this stuff is worth having. If you're the Dolphins in two years and you have a decent amount of cap space and you have an extra first round pick and there's a disgruntled player or somebody that doesn't fit into a team's budget in the way that DeForest Buckner or Stefan Diggs or whoever that was, that is available to you now. It's just about going having as many avenues to improve your team as possible. And the Dolphins have done that at every single turn over the last two years. Yep. And they still have the quarterback they wanted in the draft last year, right? Yes. <laughs> they still got that. And we'll see how And good if it doesn't work, yeah. that's okay. Now you have ways to get another one, possibly, if you ever have to do that. That's the thing. It's just being able to pivot and having the resources to pivot if the moment comes. I still think they probably could have kept the first-round pick and stayed at 12 and gotten a really good player. But if they really love one of those guys and they think we have to come away with one of these guys, also, at a certain point, the picks have to turn into players. While the flexibility is great, you have to get the right guys. And if their mind, if they're trying to accelerate themselves a little bit and say, to me, the certainty of Penny Sewell 
over whatever tackle or receiver would be there at 12 is worth the, the first round pick in 2022, the one that we didn't even have 20 minutes ago, I can completely understand that thinking, even if on a spreadsheet, it probably is better to stay at 12 and keep the first rounder. Yep. No, I'm with you. I think they come out pretty good and we'll see who they take at six. And maybe they won't even be at six. Maybe by the end of the day or next week, they'll be picking somewhere else. But uh, I'm with you. I think it works out well for them. The team that was at six and is now at 12 is the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, if you're Philadelphia, you are in such a hole. You know, I think in a lot of ways, them sitting at six in this draft was one of the biggest mysteries of this draft which direction they were going to go, how they were going to do this, just the financial pit that they've fallen into. How are they going to try to climb out of it and rebuild and everything else? And I think that moving from six to 12 and saying, we're still going to get a really good player. And now we have an extra first round pick to try to rebuild this thing as we move into the next era of whatever this franchise looks like. I think it tracks for them as well. Takes them out of no man's land a little bit where they're, okay, is a quarterback going to be there? Are you going to love him more than they like who they've got or yep. somebody else they can get? It brings some clarity to them, uh, which is nice for us. I still don't know that I love where they're at, but... Um, oh, it's not uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone should love where they're at. <laughs> but this is, I think, the sort of move you make when you're trying to dig yourself out of that hole. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, like of these three teams, I'm not... Sitting, like I'm going San Francisco. Wow, this is interesting. You know, whew, I'm <laughs> leaning up in my seat here a little bit. I'm going, shit. you know, I, in that division, I mean, there's teams that are willing to do stuff. You know, I mean, it, it, there's no one sitting still. The only guy sitting still is uh, is Schneider, and he he's the guy who's always active, right? But he's got his quarterback. So I think that's interesting. For Miami, I'm going, I'm kind of leaning back in my chair, and I'm going, oh, that's pretty smart, Miami. Miami, pretty good deals here. Look at what you've turned some of these players into. Okay, not bad. For Philly, I'm going, yeah, okay, you know, um, that makes sense. You know, I'm not really against it, but I don't feel like there's a momentum with them, you know? No, because I think that they should be moving at a snail's pace at this point. Yeah. There's no quick fixes. With an, I, and that's, it's funny. I think if you look at the three timelines, I get them all. Philly's is slow. It's going to be a long process to get out of where they are right now. The Niners, it's boomer bust. Now is yep. the time. We want to get it done. Miami is somewhere in the middle. And I like the fact that they're somewhere in the middle. I enjoy that the Dolphins looked at the team they had last year. And their takeaway is, we're going to give to a little bit of time, but we're also going to give ourselves flexibility. We're going to move, even going from 12 to 6 and saying, we need a star now, but it was still worth trading from 3 to 6. I just think that they've split the difference in a way I really appreciate and just shows a clarity to their thinking and process here that is not surprising when you consider a, what they've yeah. done over the last couple of years. There's a decisiveness to them, isn't there? And just the way they do things like they'll just sit Ryan Fitzpatrick in the middle of the year. They don't have to explain it. Or, you know what, after one year, they're like Kyle Van Noy, you know, we had him at 12 million or whatever. You know, we think he's kind of a $6 million player right now. You know what? People can call it a mistake. We'll just move on. And then he gets six million you know, from somebody else or whatever. So um they they will make decisions. It's it's interesting. I have no idea if they're gonna work out, but yeah. they are operating with their own set of principles right now. And mm-hmm. I think that that should be commended. So yeah. the other thing I wanted to hit before we get out of here, the teams not involved with these deals who are still affected by these deals. And I think there are a couple of them. The team that really jumps out to me in that conversation is Carolina. Because if they really wanted one of these guys, they were the logical team to me. All right, 
eight to three is doable. We can do that if we want to. Now, that number three pick that I always thought was the landing spot for a trade up gets erased. It no longer exists. So the landscape of the top 10 for a team like the Panthers, for a team like the Broncos, if they really wanted their guy, it looks a lot different now than it yeah. did this morning. But what's what's interesting about this to me is the second pick's still there. So the 49ers get to three. It doesn't mean they get the second best quarterback. It doesn't mean they have a choice of two. So that's another thing. You really think the Jets would be willing to not take a quarterback there and keep going with Sam Darnold? Well, I, I'm saying that it's possible. Uh, I mean, are we saying there's no way? So the 49ers then to get to three, they're just absolutely fine with whoever the third guy is. Because I, I thought 10 minutes ago, I thought I thought there was two guys that people really liked the best in this draft, right? Well, maybe. Uh, who knows? What have the 49ers guaranteed themselves? The third best quarterback or the okay. third quarterback taken. Okay. If you think it's a three quarterback draft, then maybe you're okay with doing that. That we have no idea about their thinking. And you would assume that they would have called Robert Solid too already and explored, hey, how do we get there? That's yes. what I would assume. Or maybe that's still happening. Yeah. Does It's easier to go from three to two than it is from 12 to two. If you're Carolina and David Tepper's the owner, we know that he's been, he wants, we, you can read between the lines. I mean, the guy wants their, them to go get a quarterback. It, what could you still do if you wanted one of those top three guys? Is it, you're not going to probably get to Jacksonville and you're not going to get to San Francisco, obviously. Um, is there still a possibility with the Jets? Maybe not. Maybe that maybe they're going to take Zach Wilson and, and the 49ers are fine with whoever the third guy is and we move on to the draft day. That could happen. I just, if you're the Jets, if you're the Jets, it's just a perfect opportunity to start over. Not only with a fresh face if for a new regime, not only with a fresh contract, but it just in every single way. I just think it's a perfect yeah. chance to hit the reset button. I mean, Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold is in his fourth season, correct? Yeah, 18, 19, 20, yeah. 21, yeah. So next year would be his fifth year option. He'd have to fifth year option. Suddenly he's counting 25. It's so the fifth year option as it as it currently sits right now on Spot Track, the fifth year option is eighteen point nine million dollars. So that's a deal, and his cap hit this year is nine point eight million dollars as the third overall pick. So it, it he just, ba- yeah he basically becomes their Garoppolo if they do that. That's exactly right, and that's I just would never want to play that game. Yeah, and but the other part of this now, same conversation we had about Garoppolo. What's the market for Sam Darnold? If the Niners were thought to be a team that had some interest in Sam Darnold, which had been reported, now that's probably off the table. So we, we have one fewer suitors for Sam Darnold. Where does he wind up? Does his trade market suddenly evaporate to the point that you can't get anything for him? It's all of this stuff I think is worth considering, but I still, with the Jets, just believe that this is just the cleanest way to start over, to step into a new era, all of that stuff by just taking the guy you wanted to and taking what you can for Sam Darnold. Maybe it's a team, maybe it's August and the Steelers decide, you know, the Dwayne Haskins thing, that's not going to work out for us. We're going to take a swing because we need a succession plan for Ben Roethlisberger and they trade for Sam Darnold, something like that. I just think that they can hang on to him, but right now there aren't that many suitors for him. How about this? How about uh, the 49ers aren't done and now they're going to call Robert Shaw and get the two? They get their Zach Wilson or whoever they want, and maybe they throw in a player that Robert Salos really likes from the 49ers um, that he wants to have on his team, and and they're, maybe they draft whoever the other quarterback is, or maybe they trade out with Carolina or something and 
go from there. I just I think we're seeing this movement is sort of like an earthquake, those plate tectonics. It's like there's going to be aftershocks. I think we're we're analyzing this in motion. And so I wouldn't rule out even the 49ers moving again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. If they love one of those two guys. And the, again, we didn't have any sort of insight on the Niners thinking as to how much they love this quarterback class two hours ago. So yeah. I don't think any of us can speak with certainty about what's going to happen next or where they're thinking is now all of that. So I don't think it's going to be the last move in the top 10. I knew it was going to be a wild month. I assumed most of the craziness would start after March 26th, but I'll take it. Nice little fun bit of news on a Friday wow. afternoon here. It's unbelievable. It's great. It's fun. I mean, I, I think the off season's at least as fun as the season. So it's the off season's more fun than the second half of the season for most teams. The last time this happened, it was the Titans and the Eagles and the or the Titans and the Rams and the Eagles and the Browns. That's yeah. the last time this happened. And yeah. I this group, first of all, the quarterbacks are better. I mean, you talk I remember that back to that year. No one thought that Jared Goff was the best player in that draft. And I don't think anyone thought Carson Wentz is the second best, but quarterbacks get pushed up. In this draft, I think the players are better, the quarterbacks they're chasing, and I think the San Francisco 49ers, as currently constructed, are a much more interesting and better team than either the Rams or the Eagles were at that exact point. So I think that's why this is a little bit more fun, a little bit more intriguing than even those similar moves were a few years ago. I'm with you 100%. Uh, I love it. I think this is fun. And uh, I can't wait to get back onto Twitter and see how people are dealing with the Garoppolo and how he fits in San Francisco. We've been off for 28 minutes. I Literally anything could have happened <laughs> in the 28 minutes. <laughs> we made you back, everybody. <laughs> since I looked at this. All right, guys, that's all we got. Please enjoy your weekend. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Keep checking The Athletic. David Lombardi and Matt Barrows are 49ers writers. I'm sure we'll be hitting this from every single angle. Josh Tolentino, our, our uh, Dolphins writer. All of the guys at Birds with Friends, I'm sure they'll be crushing this. I know Shields writing about it right now. A dollar a month for the next six months is the promotion that's going. That, that's worth it just to keep up with this alone, let alone everything else that's happening on The Athletic. So please go check it out. We will be back on Tuesday with a guest I am very excited about to continue our draft coverage. Hopefully the rest of the football world does not burn down in the meantime. If it does, you know we'll be on tap to figure out how to handle it next. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. This was The Athletic Football Show.